Hey, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, I am Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I want to remind you, you can always text me at 877-933-2484 during the show. Uh, again, that number is 877-933-2484. Thank you to um, the person who reached out and asked, uh, hey, I know you live in Middle Tennessee. Uh, I, we've been praying for you guys with the flooding, what's going on. So I'm going to give you a 20-second update. Today is now the um, seventh day <clears throat> that uh, our kids have been uh, at least on a two-hour delay. So we're still on a two-hour delay because buses can't pass through the north end of our county because of deep flooding. And so uh, they were out for completely out of school uh, the end of last week and obviously um, you know, didn't go to school over the weekend. But we are now into Wednesday of this week. There was no school on Monday and yesterday and today still under um, these emergency issues. And we have a lot of people in our community still evacuated and living in shelters. And so, you know, it's it's stressful um, for those individuals and it gives great opportunity for Christians in the community to respond. And so thank you for those of you who are praying and sending resources to this part of the country. Um, we sure do appreciate it. Hey, Bill English, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm I'm great. I'm great. It's so great to talk with you yeah. each and every week. And there's, uh, yeah. you know, the new the news never fails to provide us with um, a jumping off point for conversation. Boy, if that isn't the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm using I'm using as my jumping off point for this conversation. Um, you know, the headlines related to uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar and apparently um, her particular management practices. And you have an article posted at BibleAndBusiness.com entitled The Top 10 Things Business Owners Do That Demoralize Their Employees. And I just want to walk through them. So I'm going to let you just okay. lead us off. All right. Well, the first one, uh, actually number 10 in reverse order, you're a moving target. So you tell your staff to take Hill A this week and next week. You tell them to take the next hill and the next hill, and they don't take any of them because they don't have time and they're not properly resourced. Uh, the, the Bible talks about letting your statement in Matthew 5 be yes, yes, or no. Let your no be no. Let your yes be yes. You tell people to do something. You need to resource them properly, and then give them the time to get it done. And don't be a moving target. Don't be wishy-washy. Uh, don't be changing your mind all the time. So uh, that's the first one. Um, so, by the way, so back, back can, to, yeah, go ahead. Well, go I just want to say something that something that I learned um, from people who were working with me. I, I resist the concept that, you know, people are working for me. But, you know, I, I know as a business owner that it is true. But when I'm working with people, one of the things that I have learned is that I, I happen to my mind happens to, you know, jump to great ideas, you know, pretty quickly. And uh, and and I was not being um, uh, a respecter of how long it took to walk out some of those ideas and actually get them to the place where the idea was brought to fruition and we could all then celebrate it as a great success. I was already in my mind moving on to the next, the, you know, the next great idea. So um, I, I had to learn that because I'm wired to th to be that kind of thinker. And yet I'm not yeah. the person who um, who was responsible for carrying out all of the uh, the dot and tittle. So that's what you're talking about, right? It is. And, and entrepreneurs can always see into the future, see what could be. They can see it, right? I mean, you can see it as a reality. And so you wonder why everybody can't get on board and get there as fast as you want to get there. That's how entrepreneurs act. That's how they think. That's how they process. They got to slow down because the rest of the world 
uh, just doesn't work that way. Um, for entrepreneurs, their 40 miles an hour is probably 80, 90 miles an hour for everybody else. Mm. Yeah. All right. So number nine <laughs> is you you act like a number, child. You do. Yeah. Speaking of blowing your stack, when you don't get your way, you get angry. You know, how do that's one of the things I look for, by the way, when I'm interviewing people for jobs. How do they act when they don't get their way? Do they act childishly or can they handle uh, getting a no and just view it as a constraint that they have to work around or something like that? Uh, when you get mad, when you don't get your way, you're being a child. Psalm 37, 8, refrain from anger, turn from wrath, do not fret. It only leads to evil. In Ephesians 7, 9, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Hello. We don't want to be fools, right? So let's let's uh, put our anger in check. Just because we don't get our way doesn't mean we need to get angry. Well, and I think the word there that you used, uh, the word constraint is really important, right? We have to learn over time that we do live in in a limited in a limited universe in terms of our ability to have what we want when we want it. And um, and delayed gratification, I think, is part of that, too. So number eight, well, our, you have our, a low— Our culture have, doesn't— Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say our culture does not do delayed gratification. Mm. It just doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, you, we, you can have this thing today because the financing, you know, you deserve to have this thing right now. Marketing is all about getting rid of delayed gratification. Mm. So. All right. Well, delaying no further, let's uh, let's jump back into the list. Number eight, you have a low opinion of your employees and a high opinion of yourself. Yeah, I've met a few entrepreneurs who honestly believe that no one can do what they do as well as what they do. And so uh, they they hire people and then just micromanage them to death. They, they walk around the shop floor and correct every little thing that, that they think somebody is doing wrong. And uh, they can sit down and get it done in half the time and so forth and so on. These kind of leaders, these kind of entrepreneurs really uh, end up having a very low opinion of everybody that they've hired. And you kind of wonder why they hired them in the first place, uh, other than they just needed people so that they could scale their business. Um, that really is an, an arrogant thing. And um, in Isaiah thirteen eleven, God says, I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. So, Yeah, I also thought that in response to that particular one, um, Philippians chapter 2 was, would probably be good, good for folks to read, that we're really supposed to esteem others as, um, you know, as better than ourselves. All right, number seven is you are insecure. In the quietness of your own mind, I wrote, you're highly afraid of being incompetent. So when you're asked a question to which you don't know the answer, you make up an answer to appear knowledgeable and in control. You think you're fooling others, but you're not. Proverbs 17:28. even fools are thought wise <laughs> if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. There are just times when you're the owner, you're the leader. And you don't know, just say you don't know. Everybody's okay with that. You don't have to have all the answers. 
All right, Bill, you and I have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to run through uh, the rest of these, the top 10 things business owners do that demoralize their employees. My conversation is with Bill English. You can find it all at BibleAndBusiness.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. I'm your host, Carmen LeBurge, continuing my uh, my conversation with Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. We're talking about the top 10 things business owners or employers can, uh, can do and often do that demoralize their employees. Bill, we have arrived at number six, working backwards down our list. Um, you are selfish. I mean, you're not selfish, but a business owner who would do this is selfish. Yeah, I've run into this in retail environments where employers uh, will have uh, staff come in later if they're slow or send them home early if they're slow, or if they're suddenly real busy and it's their day off, they still call staff and say, I need you to come in and help take care of the customer demand, that kind of thing. And it's always couched in terms, uh, or not always, but it's often couched in terms of I need to save on payroll or, you know, we really are dying over here and we need some extra help. That's uh, really a selfish way to treat your employees. You know, you give them a schedule, you expect them to be there. You, as the employer, ought to honor that schedule and not uh, treat your employees as if they are just an, a piece of inventory that you can pull out at any time and, and utilize at your convenience. Uh, Philippians well, I, two, three, and four. I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say two, that boundaries. Boundaries related to social media today, I think, have to be a part of this conversation. I I know folks who whose employers expect them to now be available 24-7 and respond to emails on the weekends and actually work during their vacations. Like I, the the selfishness slash what are the appropriate boundaries, um, I think, is another part of this conversation. That's a great point. I have a friend who, uh, CFO in a company, he goes on two weeks vacation to Hawaii with his wife. And the employer said, well, I won't bother you for the first week. I'm like, no, he shouldn't bother you for both weeks. <laughs> I mean, you're on vacation. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. The antidote so, for this is Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, uh, not looking to your own interests, but uh, each of you to the interests of others. All right. And I think this leads directly into number five, which is your egocentric. You interpret events around you only as they relate to you. You don't understand how the events around you relate to each other. You don't understand how one person is influencing another in your organization. You only understand how they relate to you. That is egocentricity. Um, uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen. there, the way a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. That's not exactly uh, on egocentricity, but I, I tell you what, Carmen, if people don't, if leaders don't understand the moving parts in their environment and how the people are affecting each other in, within the environment, uh, they're not going to lead well, and they're not going to Yeah, maybe we could use one of the verses related to the body and its parts and all of it working properly in order to, for the whole thing to be built up together. There, That'll be my, I'll yeah. cast that in, I'll cast that bread upon the water today. Okay, so number four you is go. you you rarely praise or encourage your employees. Yeah, you don't notice when they do something well or go above and beyond the normal job duties. You only notice when they do something poorly or act out of line with your rules. 
First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build up each other just as in Christ uh, you are doing today. So, Okay, and then I think number three is um, really, really insightful. So one of the things that business owners or employers can do that's actually demoralizing, that they imagine might actually be positive, but it's it's ultimately demoralizing, is that you pass out titles or you give people new responsibilities, but you then don't resource your employees properly. Uh, unpack that a little bit. Yeah, titles uh, in most people's minds imply a decision-making authority and imply uh, a certain level of access to resources. So if I name you, Carmen, the senior vice president of uh, great radio hosting, uh, then you would immediately begin to think of, well, now, what, what do I get to do? What do I get to uh, uh, access? What kind of resources do I get to access? That kind of thing. Uh, but if you pass out a title in your company and then you don't resource them properly, and resources include authority to make decisions, then all you're going to do is just demoralize your employees to death. It, it's just it's a horrible way to run a business. Um, a title does not give somebody the ability to succeed. Resources and, a, and proper authority is what they need to succeed. First uh, Timothy 5.18, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. The worker deserves his wages. Those kinds of, of verses are the things that employers need to pay attention to. All right, we're down to number two and number one. Uh, number two is you are a micromanager. Talk with us about why mi- micromanaging people demoralizes them. Uh, because you've hired them to do a job. You've hired them uh, presumably for their talent, skills, abilities, intuitions, that kind of thing. Uh, Steve Jobs once said that we don't hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they tell us what to do. Uh, when you hire smart people and they tell them what to do, how to do it, and monitor every aspect of their life, in short, you're telling them that you don't trust them, and they begin to wonder why they're there. Your really top talent, when it gets micromanaged, those people leave swiftly and go to another place where they can exercise their gifts and abilities. So micromanagement is actually communicating that you don't trust people, you don't think that they're as good as what, uh, as what they need to be to do their job, and that uh, you're better than them. So micromanagement, you want to stay away from that as much as, as possible. And uh, I, I pulled this a little bit from Luke 19, right? The parable of the 10 talents where the master entrusts wealth and says, go produce additional wealth and bring it back to me. That master did not micromanage. The master just entrusted the wealth, went away for a while, came back, and then held an accounting with his servants. That's how it should be. You manage on the results not on activity. All right. And then let's talk about this number one, because um, I think this actually surprised me when I got to this on the list. More than likely, you have a significant abuse uh, and family of origin issue that are unresolved. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, If if you were to take the other nine and kind of coalesce them into a persona, uh, you would look at that and go, Uh, This person has experienced abuse of some type in the background, and the business owners that I've worked with who are like this, where these first nine characteristics are are general of them, you know, it's characteristic of them, um, 
almost all of them were abused as kids. And part of the reason that I wrote the article this way was to try to get the attention of business owners to say, when you have abuse issues in your background, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, whatever it is, when you have abuse issues in your background, you need to pay attention to that and understand the connection between the abuse that you experienced as a kid, as a child, and how you're managing people today. And you may need to go get some some therapy. Um, you may be your biggest enemy as well as your biggest asset in your business. And uh, therapy may very well be able to help you. You need the healing of Jesus Christ in this. Mm. Bill English, um, thank you so much for being with us again today. Again, friends, you can find this post at BibleAndBusiness.com. The post is entitled, The Top 10 Things Business Owners Do That Demoralize Their Employees. Uh, More with me, Carmen LaBerge, on Mornings with Carmen when we come back. Bill, thank you for being with us today. You bet. Have a good day. You too.